Hey, you're listening to Births at Home, the podcast with me, Esmeralda, the home birth doula. Today we are on episode eight of the podcast. How exciting. We are almost to number 10. I feel like that flew by so fast. Thank you all for being here on the podcast. I really appreciate all of you who listen and tune in every week. Today, we have Jenna, who is going to share with us her home birth transfer experience and her redemptive home birth story after that. Let's go ahead and bring Jenna on. Hey, Jenna, if you just want to go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone. Hey, um, my name is Jenna. I live in Wisconsin. I have two children. One is 10 months old and Rose, my daughter, is three. And my husband and I own a health and wellness chiropractic office that we have operated and run for the last eight years now. And yeah, I get to stay at home with my kids most days. I work a little bit in the office now, but I get to hang out with my kids most days, which is really great. That's awesome. I love that. Chiropractic care is something I'm just now getting into. So just as myself, not as like a chiropractor myself, (laughs) but I've heard great things about it. So that's awesome. Yeah. We see a lot of families, a lot of babies um, in the office. So it's really special and really awesome. Yeah. I've heard there's a lot of benefits for like babies, especially. So I've been looking into that for my family as well. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. And so how did you kind of get into the whole birth world and home birth and all of that? So in the chiropractic lifestyle, in our holistic world, um, a lot of my friends in the chiropractic lifestyle birth at home. And um, that's probably where I got like introduced to it. I didn't, growing up in high school, if you would have asked me what I was going to do, I was like, (laughs) nope, I'm having C-sections. I'm not having a baby come out. Like this Mm -hmm. is not happening. Um, But as I started to learn more about birth and physiological birth, I was like, for me, there's no place that I feel safer than my home. Um, And I knew that I wanted to have a home birth. And Mm -hmm. yeah, so it was, I think what was the best part about for me and getting to the place of wanting to have a home birth was just knowing so many women and so many people who that was their story was a home birth because I came, grew up in like a normal medical model where that was like home birth is not normal <laughs> in yeah. most of the world or most of like our world, you know, like people grow up not knowing that home birth is, can be normal and is safe and awesome. So anyway, I grew mm-hmm. up like that. So then now I'm in this holistic world and it's amazing. (laughs) And I always want to birth my babies at home now. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. So were you actually able to have your first at home? So Rose was a planned home birth. Um, Unfortunately, she, we transferred, not, not emergency. Um, I'll make a long story short, but my water broke at like 5 a.m., And then by 8 p.m., nothing had happened. I believe that maybe my waters had like closed or resealed. My midwife wanted me to get things moving. So I did castor oil, had horrible like castor oil contractions, very dehydrated, throwing up, horrible. Um, I was really dehydrated, exhausted. By the next morning, she gave me until like 10 a.m. the next morning. So I labored all night really hard, intense. Um, mm-hmm. And nothing, I wasn't progressing essentially. So then she suggested we go to the hospital. And Rose was born at 6.55 that night. She was born vaginally. Um, 
but it was definitely very hard for me because I wanted a home birth so, so badly and prepped for it. Yeah. Um, so that was really hard. And I was definitely like down on myself for a while, but then preparing for my second baby's birth, I knew that I needed to have my redemptive story and I got mm-hmm. it. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, Bodhi was born at home and it was everything I've ever wanted. Um, and it was, it was amazing. So I can't wait to tell the story. <laughs> yeah. Um, so really quickly, I do just want to go back to your transfer. Um, if there is one thing you could tell a mom who like just had a home birth transfer and they're in that like phase of being like sad about it and they didn't get that home birth that they had dreamed of, what would you tell that mom? Oh, it may literally makes me tear up because I I know (laughs) to be in that space is so Mm -hmm. hard because you're like, you do work so hard and you pray and hope and prep for something. Then you feel like let down and like disheartened and it's it's mm-hmm. very hard um but what would I tell a mom I would say that don't give up because mm-hmm. um every birth is so different and yeah. for me the second time especially being a first-time mom with that I didn't know what to expect I didn't know what contractions felt like I didn't know like how my body was going to respond so I feel like the second time was easier in that sense because I knew what was happening I knew what to expect I was more mentally prepared the second time around mm-hmm. uh, And I think a big thing for me too was surrounding myself with only people who had positive things to say about my home birth. So the first time I think I let too many people in, in terms of like, I was so excited. I was like, I'm going to do this home Mm -hmm. birth. And like so many people had like, oh, you're doing what? And like, (laughs) um, I don't know. So this time, the second time I was just like, if you don't have like positive things to say, or you don't believe in me, especially don't believe in me and my power, then I was just like, I don't really have time for you. <laughs> Essentially, mm-hmm. I was just like, yeah. So that was a huge thing. I really surrounded myself. I had got a, um, a different birth team this time around. Um, and just really like dug into the fact that this was what was going to happen. And you can do it. Mm-hmm. If you, if you, who didn't get your first home birth, you've I you should really try again because <laughs> it makes it so much sweeter when you actually get it and like the feeling of empowerment is amazing yeah yeah that's great I always like to say that like home birth transfers are not a failure it's just using your resources and that's really sure. all it is sometimes sure. we do need them and that's why the hospital is there to use them when we need them yeah so, I, I'm not sure that how depleted and how dehydrated and how sick I was essentially after the mm-hmm. casserole situation, I don't know if I would have been able to successfully, I may, something could have gone wrong at home. So I am glad mm-hmm. that we transferred. It all turned out fine. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I just wanted to touch on that because I know there's other women that go through the same exact thing and they really wanted that home birth and then didn't get it. Um, yeah. And it can be a little bit disappointing. So just a little bit of encouragement for any moms out there who are currently going through that right now. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And so did you do anything different in like preparation for your next home birth? For second time around, I, well, I was very sick. (laughs) (laughs) I get pretty sick the first, like with Rose, I was sick for 18 weeks. Second time I was sick for like 15 weeks, but I committed to moving my body more, um, second time around. So I was working out more consistently. I did, um, pain-free birth course. 
Yes, that's mm-hmm. what it's called. I did a pain-free birth course that just helped me get into like a good mental, um, figuring out what I needed to do mentally to kind of go into like the birth zone. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I got, I was eating more protein. That was a big one for me. Cause I, <laughs> it was hard for me to eat with the first pregnancy. I just was like, I don't feel good. And this time I was like, I know I'm not going to feel good. So I just need to eat. So I definitely took better care of myself and in the long run felt better going yeah. into labor and, um, yeah, that's pro- probably the biggest difference was just like, almost like sucking it up. <laughs> like I know that I don't feel great when I'm pregnant. This time I'm just going to embrace it. I'm going to work out. I'm going to eat right because like, that's just the best thing to do for your body. So, yeah. And would you say that paid off like in the long run after experiencing that birth? Oh, for sure. For yeah. sure. I was able to get back at the gym to the gym. I think I went back like eight or nine weeks postpartum, um, Whereas with Rose, I did not feel ready for like a year just because I just Mm -hmm. felt like out of my body. So, and I mean, my labor was amazing. It was five (laughs) hours, two hours of active labor. Mm -hmm. It was so good. So I feel, I feel like I was really prepared and um, mentally so prepared. I was just so zoned in that I didn't, I like people say like, and I, I definitely was experiencing like intense pain, Mm -hmm. but I would say that like, it wasn't even registering that it was pain because I was so like mentally like in it, um, mm-hmm. like in a really good way. So I think yeah. that my, my mental prep was really good. I listened to so many home birth podcasts <laughs> over and over and over. That's a huge mm-hmm. thing for me. Cause you have to fill your, I mean, personally, I feel like I had to fill myself up with success stories, yeah. um, to know that it was possible and to know the different variations of normal, um, and to feel confident going into the second one. Yeah, I'm exactly the same way. Whenever like I'm preparing for my births, I just listen to every home birth story that I can. And that was just like a big part of my own prep work as well. So that's why it ultimately led to me creating this podcast also. It's awesome. I mean, I feel like I've gone through all the, like, like you said, you go through all of them and I was like Mm -hmm. restarting back over. So this is great to have more resource for people. Yeah, I feel like there's never enough. So I'm just adding more. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) And so if you just want to go ahead and kind of tell us how labor started and then go into your story from there. Yeah. So first thing, I have to put this little disclaimer in there that my best friend who lives in North Carolina, so I live in Wisconsin, my best friend lives in North Carolina. She has had two home births and she's pregnant with her third right now. Um, And I had always dreamed of having her here for my birth, but when your friend lives like states away, you're like, how mm-hmm. is this really going to play out? <laughs> so I was, um, I gave birth to Rose at 39 weeks and I planned on having Laura, my best friend come into town at 39 weeks. And we were just okay. like, you're going to come into town. You're going to rub my feet. She was like, I'll make you some meals. <laughs> like we were like, I, in our brains were like, we're not having this baby. Like I can't get too wrapped around that. Mm-hmm. She was here when I went into labor and it was amazing. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, her name is Laura. So if I talk about Laura, that's who that is. Um, okay. She ends up, she was like one of the biggest supporters in the my labor um, and really made it about like me. And really, I was so zoned in because of her. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually invited me to go to her third birth. So hopefully I can oh. be there. Um. I didn't, I wasn't there for her first two, but I'm hoping Mm -hmm. I can be there and we can plan it out. So she was literally only in town for 72 hours and I gave birth (laughs) in that time. So, um, 
Okay, so I was 39 weeks. I went to, she went with me on Friday to my uh, midwife appointment. My midwives actually are on the border of, you're in Illinois, right? Yeah. Yeah, my midwives are in the, on the border of Illinois and Wisconsin. So I have to drive, like, I had to drive over an hour to get to them okay. um, from my house. So anyway, we went to my midwives and they said that baby was um, like high above my pubic bone. They were like, yeah, he's probably going to be comfy for a while. And I'm like, no, <laughs> here. But yeah. also, I was really trying to not like play that up in my brain. Cause I didn't want to be disappointed or upset if she mm-hmm. didn't happen. Yeah. So that, that was Friday. Um, and then Saturday morning we woke up and Laura had planned like a little, um, sprinkle for me. So we went okay. to brunch she like we had just oxytocin was flowing it was amazing like we had this beautiful brunch with a bunch of my friends my sister-in-laws um it was fun to just like talk about this baby Mm -hmm. and I'm like oh I got a couple weeks left like (laughs) uh, we I I always laugh about this because then afterwards we went to go get food at the restaurant or at the grocery store and this guy was like handing out samples of like cheese or something and he was like oh when's that baby coming and I was like hopefully today (laughs) (laughs) and I was like just oblivious to like the fact that it was actually going to happen yeah Um, and after we got home after brunch at around two o'clock I was like I'm going to do the miles circuit because I was like I want to get this baby more engaged if that if possible just kind of see what's going to happen. I really didn't have any signs of labor or like imminent labor mm-hmm. prior to that. I had a little bit of like mucus here and there, but nothing like no mucus plug or anything. So I think yeah. that was around what time did I do? I did the mile circuit around two thirty, and that was uncomfortable. Have you ever done the mile circuit? I haven't myself, but I've had clients that have done it and yeah, they say it's not comfortable. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think I knew like how you're like in downward dog for like 45 minutes or something crazy. Mm-hmm. So my husband was like holding my hips up. Um, yeah. I was like, this is not super comfortable, <laughs> but maybe the baby will get more engaged and it'll be great. So then yeah, I did that about two 30 and then at four that at 4 PM, my mucus plug came out. Okay. Um, <laughs> like showing Laura I'm like come here look like <laughs> you're you know you show your best friend everything it was mm-hmm. and we got we got excited but we're also like okay and like this isn't this isn't happening my husband meantime had gone to the um hang out with his friends and watch basketball because it was March Madness okay. so he was at a bar watching um basketball yeah <laughs> so in Laura and I'm like my mucus bug comes out and then at 5 12 I'm like cleaning up the kitchen and my water breaks everywhere like oh all my gosh <laughs> and it was I start immediately bawling because I'm like this is happening <laughs> <laughs> my daughter's like running around like screaming too we had Laura grabbed her phone right away and she actually has a video and it was hilarious because it was just like chaos of me like this water's pouring out of me and I'm like ah. <laughs> so that was that was so exciting. Yeah. And Just, um, how old was your daughter at that time? She was um, 22 months, 22 okay. or 20, 24, around there, around okay. um, two and two. Yeah. She turns, she turned two on February 1st and March 18th was when my son was born. So right after two. Okay. Uh, and in prep for labor and um, at home, 
we watched so many birth videos too, so that Rose could kind of be like used to it. Mom might be making these weird noises. Mm -hmm. uh, I really wanted her to be there if she wanted, if she wanted to, I mean, as much as a two-year-old can like make that decision. I didn't know yeah. if, she would be, if she'd be freaked out or if she'd be annoying me or like what the situation was going to be. Because, mm -hmm. you know, two-year-olds can be kind of annoying sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um. But I wanted her to be there because I feel like we watched so many videos and she'd be like, baby, like baby's coming. So yeah. my sis, we invited my sister-in-law to come be in charge of Rose um, during labor. So that's also funny because she drove two and a half hours to come to my brunch, drove two and a half hours back home. Oh, no. <laughs> and then we called her at what, five after my water broke and was like, hey, you got to come back. <laughs> <laughs> She sat, spent a lot of time in the car, but it was working. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, water breaks at like five, what time? Five twelve, And I, I think mentally I was just like, this isn't, I'm, it's going to be a lot, like I'm in it. It's going to be, it could be days. Laura was like trying to change her flight because she didn't, she was supposed to fly out at like 11 the next morning. Oh. I mean, and you don't know how long you're in labor. I was in labor for over 24 hours with Rose. So like, mm -hmm. I don't know. So that, that was so exciting though. I can't, I like love that moment. Cause I was like, this is happening. It's going down exactly how I wanted it to go. Yeah. It's just like so exciting. So um, <laughs> my husband gets home and I have the towel wrapped around me because we called him and we're like, Hey, like you should come home. I didn't tell him what was going on. Um, <laughs> and he walks in the door and he was like, what's happening? And I was like, start bawling. I'm like, we're having a baby. <laughs> it was so fun. That was a really exciting. So then I kind of just like was just doing my thing. We ordered pho. I didn't have any contractions then right away. So that was almost a okay. little tricking because I was a little nervous that because my water broke with Rose the first time and then nothing happened after that. Yeah. Um. So I was a little like, okay, like, let's go, like get something mm -hmm. happen. Um, so then by 6.17, I have this written down because otherwise I forget. <laughs> um, then the like the tightening started to actually become contraction. So then like 6.15-ish, they just started to be a little bit stronger. Um, okay. And that was good. That was good news. So we kind of just, we ate pho. I was just like able to like live my life through them. I put Rose down for bed at about 7. Mm -hmm. Uh, sobbed my eyes out because you're putting your baby down to bed. I cried a lot. If I cry a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone always said like once you put your first your your babies to bed, like things will pick up because naturally like you're like don't have that stress of like them being mm -hmm. there. So and that was true. <laughs> yeah. Um I think shortly I was in denial too. So this whole time for, so then from seven to eight, like I was just, I had John Mayer in my ears. John Mayer was my doula. I, I like laugh about that. I was like, he was yeah. my doula. I was just like, laughing. <laughs> like I was dancing in the shower with the music mm -hmm. just playing. I was, I wasn't timing it. Cause Laura was doing all that. She had the timer. She was on my phone, like texting the midwives and like updating them. So that was so beneficial to me because I was just like zoned in like yeah. from the get go. I was like, not that you can be in control in your labor, but I felt, mm -hmm. I felt in control because I was so like in my mind, like focused. And even though they weren't like intense at that point, they were like, 
I was working through them as if they were intense, which I think prepped me for like, as labor went on. Yeah. That was really cool to just like be in it from the get go. And like, I remember putting, I was like, guys, I'm, I can't talk to you anymore. I'm going to like focus. And then I just like went at it. So I had no idea where I was at because Laura was timing it and everything. Um, and I guess at 820, my midwives and my, my, my midwife and doula were all an hour or so away. Okay. So at like 820, she called them and I was like, Laura, don't call them. Like this can't be labor. Like I'm fine. Like I was talking like decently, like in between. And like, I didn't feel like they were that intense. Mm-hmm. but must have been close enough that she called them and yeah. yeah um they showed up at about 9 30 ish so that mm-hmm. whole time I was just laboring I didn't get in the tub yet um and then after they got here I was like can I get in the tub and they were like sure and mm-hmm. I still was I still was like thinking I was in it for the long haul like yeah I'm this can't be labor. Like this can't be like real. Like that's why I told her not to call them because with Rose, I was so what's, I don't know what the word isn't paint. It was so intense with Rose and I felt so out of control and I never could like catch my breath. And it just like, Mm -hmm. they were cycling on top of each other. And I just felt like out of my body. And like in this experience, I felt so much more like in control and like focused that I was like this, like he's not coming for a while. Yeah. (laughs) Um, that was wild. So I got in the tub at about 930 after my midwives and my doula got here. And then all of a sudden, I don't know what, I mean, all of a sudden, everything just felt like it opened when I was in the tub. Like Mm. immediately I felt something shift where it was like before maybe because I was like uncomfortable because I was out of the water. And then the Mm -hmm. minute I got in the water, it was like go time. Yeah. Like the train was coming, baby was coming immediately. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I think I had a few contractions and then I just felt like the physical opening and he, mm-hmm. um, and then he was coming and it was like a train and it got, <laughs> it got intense, but it was also like pain is purposeful. And I just kept reminding myself of that, that like, this is purposeful. I didn't really experience like pain very, like, I wouldn't even call it pain. It was just so intense. And like, I knew that it was meant for him to like, come join us. Mm-hmm. Um, his head, I burst his head in the water. That was definitely like the ring of fire was like, Oh my gosh. (laughs) And his head came out and I think they, I went through like one or maybe two contractions and he wasn't coming out anymore. Okay. And they, my midwives instructed me to come, um, to get out of the tub. Mm -hmm. So I got out of the tub and got in like a runner's lunge and pushed they were like you got to push on this next contraction and he came right out with the runner's lunge his whole body came out okay so that was in the moment I didn't feel any panic or I didn't feel any fear from anyone around me or like any panic or anything Mm -hmm. and honestly people are like how did you get out of the tub with your head with his head out you just do it like you're just like it's just they tell you to do it you do it um and I don't remember it being like painful necessarily. It just was like, I had to do it. And he came right yeah. out. Think So I guess they just said his shoulders were like a little sticky. Mm-hmm. Um, and he came right out. Oh, and I put him right here and I was like, I did it. And I couldn't believe that he was just born in my, in my room on the bedroom mm-hmm. floor. <laughs> <laughs> it was 
It was the best moment of my, like, meeting Rose, obviously, and Bodie, but, like, those are the two best moments of my entire life. I cannot, Mm -hmm. it was just incredible. So, like, I felt so powerful, empowered. I literally was, like, for the next, I still feel this way, but Mm -hmm. for the immediate postpartum, I was, like, I can do anything. Like, yeah, (laughs) like, throw something at me, guys. Uh I felt so, like, badass. Mm Mm-hmm powerful um so yeah total was five hours total from like because at 5 15 my water broke and then he came out at 10 32 oh wow crazy yeah wow that was really fast and especially for you like not to think anything at the very like morning of that day and just be like oh it's maybe in like a few weeks we'll see (laughs) seriously it was so wild and the fact that he was there at like I didn't think he was going to be born on 18th I was like oh he'll be born on the 19th like oh no he like he made his arrival Mm -hmm. and immediate postpartum was just so blissful like I sat in the so Laura told my sister-in-law to get Rose up because I wasn't in any case and the really cool thing about Laura being there I also had a doula but she didn't really have to do anything besides like video because I had Laura basically was kind of like my doula Mm -hmm. um and so Laura told Anne to get my daughter and oh what was I saying I was saying my husband also didn't have to be like calling the midwives or like worrying about filling the tub or like doing all the things because Laura was doing it so he was so Mm -hmm. present with me which was really great too um and able to support me in like a way that he probably couldn't have had like Laura not been there. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, my daughter came in and went and got my daughter and brought her in. Apparently Anne stepped out when it got a little dicey, just cause with not dicey, but when it got like that moment with his head out, um, when the yeah. midwives were okay, you got to get out. Like Anne stepped out of the room, but then came right back in when I, when he came out. So Rose okay. got to see, Rose got to see Bodie being born. Oh, yeah. She's still in the tub has babies like every night. <laughs> I'm going to have a baby. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I think what's really neat about that is like, this is how she's going to view birth, like normal, mm-hmm. it's like home births are normal. And like, hopefully someday she'll have, if that's what she wants, um, she'll be able to have a home birth too. So it's just really cool that that's like what her norm is like midwives, mm-hmm. home birth, and all the things so yeah I love that now because home births are becoming a little bit more of a thing and more normalized than they were before um that now so many young children are going to grow up that way into like it just being completely normal for them like oh yeah my mom had the baby at home like mm-hmm. I, I don't know anything different so it's normal yeah. to me And they're just going to grow up that way. And especially like I know with my kids, they talk about it all the time, maybe because I'm a birth worker. So I talk about it all the time and that's why they do. But my son will be like, oh, that's a placenta. Yeah. Remember you had a placenta when you had the baby? Oh, yeah, I know. So it's like really cool that all these little kids are just going to know about home birth and birth and all these Mm -hmm. things and not see it as dangerous and scary how most of us grew up learning about it. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I love that. It's so cool. And I also, Mm -hmm. 
I'm not pregnant, but I can't wait until <laughs> we have another one because then Rose will be like five. I mean, she'll be older, four or five, and that will be really cool to see her be there for that birth mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. I really enjoyed your story. And I love how it like kind of brought me back to my births a little bit um, because mine was really fast too. It was under four hours. So yeah, I had the same thing where I did not think that day that it was going to happen. I'm like, oh, it's going to be a while. And it happened that night. Um, So yeah, it just kind of brings me back to those those days of my births as well. Um, But yeah, I really enjoyed your story. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you for letting me share. I love talking birth. What an absolutely beautiful home birth story. It's absolutely amazing how everything can kind of just align perfectly and happen the way that you wanted them to. But like we heard at the beginning, sometimes it doesn't always happen like that. And that's perfectly okay. There is nothing wrong with home birth transfers Like I said in this episode, a home birth transfer is not a failure. You are just using your resources and that's what they're there for. There's nothing wrong with needing them and we should always be thankful that we have the hospital system in place for when we do need them. But that does not mean that you will never get the home birth that you want Like we talked about in this episode, there's no reason for you not to try to have another home birth. It does not mean that it's going to happen again, that you're going to transfer again. And I really hope that this story gave you some hope knowing that you most likely can have your redemptive home birth as well. I hope that you enjoyed listening to this episode. If you haven't already, feel free to check out my birth apparel shop where I sell home birth merch and birth worker merch. If you watch these videos on YouTube, then most likely you see me wearing these items in every video. If you are only listening to these on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, then you may not have seen my shirts that I wear for these episodes. So you can go to www.birthsathome.com and you'll be able to find all of my merch there, all of my birth apparel there as well. And for anyone who is listening to the podcast, you can use the code PODCAST10 and you'll be able to get 10% off of your order. So go ahead and use that code to your advantage and get some merch from Births at Home. Thank you so much for listening today. Don't forget to leave us a five-star rating and please write a review as well if you feel called to. We will be back next time with some more home birth stories.